Hello and welcome to episode 165 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How's it going? Good man, good. More movies? Yes, we are back again, back very shortly after the last episode in fact. Um, What's going on? Yeah, it's October baby. There's a lot to talk about. Um, And yeah, we talked about what, two movies on the last uh, episode? Hopefully you guys have checked that one out. Um, Ready or Not and Joker, which was very interesting. Um, And yeah, another couple of movies and some more TV to talk about this week. Because there's just so much to get through. And we've watched a lot of these movies, especially some of these a couple of weeks ago now. And we're just like, we need to just talk about them. Let's just get them out there. Um, And yeah, it would have been nice, you know, with all these movies coming out, if some of them would have come out in like June when we were just dying for a movie to watch. Um, Yeah, but but, you know, we're, we're living at large now. We're living the good life now. Yes, and it keeps on coming. Like we've in the tall grass is already out on Netflix that I want to check out. I know that you have your copy, your Blu-ray copy of Rabbit as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I'm desperate to see Dr. both those Sleep movies. So close. Oh, it's so close. I'm gonna have to watch The Shining again. I've just been thinking yeah. about it so much lately. I only watched oh, it like yeah. a month ago, but it's yeah, happening. it's happening. Um, cannot wait. But yeah, we're talking about two uh, very interesting movies. Kind of a Shudder special this week. Shudder um, special. They've been they, they've been really on form the last few weeks and going into this month. You know, I think. Mm. it makes perfect sense obviously it's the big halloween months that's what you want to push towards but like their new content and stuff on the service for october has been really really good Um, yeah they've been on point and kind of the uk shutter is getting good content which is nice and yeah they've they've been smashing it yeah there's only one thing i'm sorry about actually now in regards to the us one which is nosferatu so uh (laughs) if if only they actually because that is the one that uk fans desperately deserve as well because there's just no way to watch it it. Mm. um i think the blu-ray is out at the end of this month so if that's a real thing i'll I'll let you guys know because i'll definitely be getting it um but yeah just first before we get into the both the movies there is a one piece of news i kind of had on here for a few weeks i was like i don't know if we'll ever talk about it um (laughs) But it's it's a little bit of a weird one because especially how we kind of inadvertently talked about this recently when we were talking to Richard, um, and it's to do with the Nightmare on Elm Street kind of rights. Mm. Um, I'm assuming you saw some of this news. Yeah, I did. Um, yeah, yeah. It's it's a weird one. There's not too much to say. Obviously, I think Friday the Thirteenth is the main one that's kind of just been this huge it's legal battle. Mm. Yeah, over the last couple of years, and it's been so unfortunate to watch. I'm, like, I'm pretty sure they even made that movie. Like, um. Because they were talking about it loads. It was going to be like this new fan footage style and it was going to be the 13th, Friday the 13th. And mm. it just never, and it was going to come out on Friday the 13th or one of them recently. And it just never kind of happened. And I'm curious if that movie does exist, um, if it's just sitting in a vault somewhere. Um, but yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street. Obviously, we haven't seen anything from it since the remake, which, what year was that? I, I want to say it was like 2010. Was it around then? Um, I think so. Maybe a little bit newer. Right. Um, it feels like a long time like ago. That uh it was 2010 yeah yeah um so it's yeah like it's it's coming up to a decade you know very shortly that we've not seen any sort of freddy krueger stuff which is such a shame um the time is now we have our freddy yeah exactly we do have our freddy and hopefully they'll figure this out this is just the small update where it's we've seen this a lot with a lot of different rights issues in the last few years i think something similar happened with terminator as well Mm. um it's something to do with kind of uh copyright and ownership in the united states specifically where after 35 years you can kind of like reclaim your work if you don't own the rights to it um and that's pretty much what the estate of wes craven has done um in the last year so 
apparently no one has stepped forward to kind of stop them and say no this isn't something that can happen um so according to reports like they at least the estate of wes craven own at least the u.s rights to mm. nightmare on elm street um i believe it's still new line and warner bros that kind of own like international <clears throat> rights and um i'm assuming merchandise and all that good stuff um yeah. But yeah, like it's a step, I guess. You know, there's no it's people. It's weird because, you know, we clearly, we, we spoke about James Cameron when he got back Terminator. Mm. And we said like, hell yeah, we're going to get a Terminator movie. And we're now, you know, weeks away from that being a thing. Mm. Um, obviously, that was exciting because it was going back to the creator. It makes sense that this goes back to Wes Craven's estate. But obviously, it's not going back to Wes. Like, we mm. don't know what they're going to do with that. They're not filmmakers. So yeah. they've then still got to figure that shit out. So we're still a ways off. But I just need me some Freddy. Like, we've um, we've already got confirmed cast for these guys. Like, you know, if Wes Craven's <laughs> state wants to get in touch with us, you mm. know, just, just let us know. Yeah, we'll we'll get you in contact with Richard. Hopefully, you guys can figure out how to ring up Andy Muschietti to get the directing gig. And then, yeah, you're, you're halfway yeah. there already. Yeah, um, exactly. But uh, yeah, it's it's just unfortunate. Like I say, hopefully, I'm I'm hoping 2020 will be the year where we we'll at least hear something about it because he's pretty much one of the only icons that we haven't yeah. got to really talk about for the show. That and Friday the 13th, which I think is almost more shocking because mm. they seem to have been more. I mean, there's definitely more films, isn't there, from Friday the 13th, and it seems like a more active franchise. Um, but yeah we'll see Watch this space we'll get them soon yeah um but yeah that's that's pretty much just it for news that was like you said that was the only one from a few weeks ago um mm. and we are only recording mere days after the last episode so correct let's just talk about some film shall we let's do it let's start with hell house llc free So yeah, obviously for, for people that don't really know, because this is a very small independent movie, mm-hmm. um, and yes, judging by the title, in case you know anything about it, it is a sequel, um, and it's, yeah, we obviously covered... We are second- now in the realms of a trilogy. Oh yes. Um, yeah, we obviously covered the second movie, like for a mm-hmm. specific show last year, um, and then kind of in the weeks building up to that. It was a, this was one that was like recommended to us, wasn't it? This was it? a cat recommendation, I believe. Yes. Um, and yeah, it was one... Hell of a recommendation. We were... <laughs> Damn right like it's uh given us two shows worth of content um <laughs> plus we really loved that first movie yeah. i think it's really yeah. really good like yeah. before we even get into the kind of the sequelness and the and the trilogyness, like that first movie still stands alone definitely check yeah that out. yeah it's fantastic um all three are now on shutter aren't they yes which is awesome because yeah. yeah originally it wasn't a shutter production and then no. they've kind of picked up the second one and it seems like they've kind of quasi funded the third one as well mm. and then they picked up hell house which was originally just on amazon i think when we watched it originally yeah um so yeah the whole trilogy is on shadow which is awesome yeah it's awesome man um yeah so to give it its full title it mm. hell house llc3 lake of fire mm. I, was, I, I couldn't wait for that lake to pop up yeah yeah where was that lake bro <laughs> um, lakes are expensive bro <laughs> yeah you're right um so yeah i guess kind of um if you don't know anything about hell house um you know hell house is basically this hotel the abaddon hotel that's um 
horn ends by various people across two movies at this point. Mm. <laughs> um, and the third one, basically, they haven't learned their lesson. Hell House was planned to be knocked down and um, someone retook control and ownership of it. And once again, it's going to be open to the public. Um, and they idea. thought... They thought, I know what we'll do. <laughs> we'll we'll make an interactive horror show and mm. get a documentarian crew to come film opening night because that never went wrong for the Hell House. Yeah, um, but um, not not that I'm you know uh, hammering on the movie too much because I I kind of respect how quick it just went. Yep, we're we're just doing it again, guys. Like mm. you liked it, we liked it, we're doing it again. <laughs> And it is and it is self-aware kind of... in a way. Like, they are referring to it where it's just like, why do people keep going to the same location? Mm. Why do they keep filming it? It's it's tragedy after tragedy. Like, what is wrong with you people? Like, there yeah, are people it, saying it, that in the and, film. And it is interesting because, like, our lead um, interviewer of the documentary crew, she's very anxious and nervous about stepping foot into the hotel. And you've got, like, cast members that are saying, like, we're only doing it because we literally would not get paid this much for any other gig. Kind of the, the, the funder, um, is it Russell? I can tell you his name But yeah, he, um, is he like the main, the main guy yeah, with the scar? Yeah. The, the main guy with the scar. He's kind of like the benefactor and he's funding it with his own personal money. Mm. And he is also the creative mind behind it. And, um, so I, I do like that it is aware that it's silly that they're going back there, but they do give rationale behind it, um, which is interesting. And, um, <clears throat> yeah, basically, you know, this is a fan footage movie. I don't think I've said that. Um, and it's just it's just like the other two movies in, in good ways, that it's, mm. it's clever. Um, the, the, the fan footage style is like someone's pieced together and then made a documentary out of the documentarian's original work. So they're splicing in interviews with surviving people, uh, general public, and then obviously the footage itself. And it's, it's just done in a really well, you know, well done way. You see these movies and, um, especially something like this i can only imagine what the budget is mm. and they really do feel that way but this feels like a nice cohesive you know good bit of work and um well polished that's what i was looking for and um we get basically you know the the the, the documentary crew hand out these cameras to everyone and says to them you know we want to have like be real and you know use your footage as part of our documentary so so many things are being recorded and we we pretty much start to see people get messed with um you know pretty early doors as soon as the cameras start rolling in the hotel mm. um as with these movies it amps up to 11 kind of towards the end and um along the way you get so many throwbacks to the um first two movies obviously the kind of cheap horror trope of showing footage of mm. the previous movies you do get in this movie um it does make more sense here though which, it's like say it's a documentary yeah so exactly so that yeah then that's what i was then about to move on to that, that it's done in such a way that i completely forgive it because it is done in a clever way um <clears throat> and then obviously we um we get to see when all hell breaks loose at hell house mm. i mean um you know these movies you know i i do think it's important to watch the other ones before it um hmm. you wouldn't want to watch this as your first one um you know it's 
quite heavily advertised on Shudder right now on the homepage. And I think kind of, you know, if you want to jump into it, I, I do think it follows on and I think it's worth checking out the full story. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what did you think of part three? Yeah, I, I, I really dug this movie quite a bit. You know, it, it's very, very similar to the other two movies. And so mm. I think as a discussion, it's going to be very hard to keep this just to the third one. And it's kind of, I feel like it's constantly just going to be talking about the trilogy as a whole. And that's yeah. obviously a good and a bad thing. I, I think that it's, you know, it doesn't stand out alone in any way, shape or form. <laughs> I think it really follows that same blueprint well of the previous mm. movies and pretty much delivers all the things I liked and disliked about the previous movies. Mm-hmm. I think the positives are, absolutely first and foremost this movie's terrifying um we never really talk about it on this show because it's just not something that we either necessarily care about going into a horror movie but also it just doesn't really it's not something we're looking for is it when we go into a horror movie like oh it has to scare us has to be one of the main tips yeah i think when you look at like our best of list it's not really going to be scary movies no and the the problem is you know um people that are listening to the show that are hardcore horror fans you see so many horror movies that that buzz of getting scared becomes rarer and rarer Mm. so you can't just try and seek that out otherwise you're just ultimately going to be disappointed more often than not but when you do get genuinely scared watching a movie, it is kind of, you know, it's that real throwback to when you used to be like that. And this movie and all three movies deliver that um, in a way that's shocking to me for, for us to get affected by this. Because yeah. fundamentally, this is this is a haunting movie that we, you know, ordinarily do not like. And one of the things we dislike most about those types of movies are the jump scares. Mm. But in this movie, the jump scares are extremely effective, really well worked, deserved, and um, yeah, made made me you know the first forty five minutes of this movie, I was terrified. I think it all stems from that first movie, which I, I think mm. was just so scary <clears throat> when I first watched it, and I think I still have those thoughts and feelings about that place that that's the thing that i really love about this movie and trilogy as a whole is that it is set during this pretty much this one location for you know majority of the scenes in a movie i wonder if they just brought a hotel like well i just i hope that this place just purchased a hotel and was like i'm just gonna film a trilogy here like like it's it's really cool because i really get a sense of where i am in this place now and i kind Mm. of remember like oh that's where that creepy kitchen area was and then you see that famous staircase that just has Mm. like that brick wall at the bottom with one direction like it's it's so iconic already which i think is incredible for like a small indie for like a small indie (laughs) horror movie to already have these like iconic imagery i think is Mm. awesome and Mm. so it kind of it already evokes those feelings like going into this movie this is the third time now and so you really get to the point especially in a lot of sequels where it's like okay i've seen it all at this point i know what you have to offer and then yeah within 10 minutes i was like a wreck watching this movie i was like right lights going on right you know i'm just gonna watch this like i don't care how how i feel Mm. anymore like it was it proper shook me up and there's the thing i love is at least there's at least one moment in all of these movies that is like genuinely terrifying and Mm -hmm. uh i I, like remembered it in two because they do kind of briefly show you it in this movie as well and i was like oh my god i forgot how scary that bit was um with like the bedsheet bit um and then and then like going into this one i was like i wonder it's gonna have that one moment and it has the one set piece which is so fantastic with the basement again i just thought was so incredible and i kind of wanted a bit more of that i do think that the movie peaked at that point um yeah and it it could never really get to that level of, of tension and scares after that well because um, it was awesome that moment this movie tries to be super clever you know, i'm not going to spoil anything but towards the end it tries to kind of weave in so many different variables i didn't really need it to try to be that clever i just yeah. wanted it to be more of what we had in that first bit because 
yeah, I definitely do feel that the, you know, you get to the 50 minute mark and this movie's fantastic. The last kind of, and I think that's probably the case with all of these movies. The second definitely. it starts to kick off and hell starts to break loose, the, you know, the, the budget restraints probably start to show and um, ca- people are running and there's just jittery cameras and weird things going on and loud noises and you're not getting that full drawn out slow pace that's the terrifying thing you know when this movie is at its best and it's scariest it's when a character is walking slow with the camera and shit is going on and it's subtle and sometimes our um you know the, the person on screen with the camera is aware of what's going on sometimes they're not but you as a viewer you're aware of it all and that's what makes it so terrifying um and yeah, I wish it was that for more, um, but obviously you, you've got to amp it up, I guess. But um, yeah, it's all, for all three movies, it's the part I enjoyed the least, um, which is a weird thing for like, you know, the ending of the movie. Yeah, they just, I've never enjoyed the endings of these movies. I think two mm. had the worst ending. I think this mm-hmm. was better than two. Um, two went on a bit too long and got a bit too silly. And I mm. think one was the peak of the kind of jittery running around shaky cam. Like this movie yeah. isn't as annoying as that either. So maybe this is probably my favorite because it's the it's the least convoluted and the least annoying and it's over quite quickly. Um, mm. But again, I'm not sitting here saying that I love the ending. Um, and I definitely think as well, the ending is part of, another issue i have with these movies which is just and this is kind of like this might be conceived as an invalid criticism because i think for a lot of other movies i would be judging the plot and the characters and that sort of stuff Mm. way more heavy but i just don't go into a hell house movie for that i i want to i want the tension and i want that location um yeah and just seeing random people go in there and be terrified and so what they've actually set up over the course of three movies now is this like crazy law with yeah. a bunch of different characters and they're all got different emotions um uh, motivations and but i don't have a clue who any of them are no, and i've i've seen the movies some, once like original who they are no exactly yeah they started talking about like some original the original person that built hell house well two was crazy with that stuff as well it really started going into it yeah i really just don't care i just want a spooky uh, like you say you want the location you Mm. know it's um the hotel is the star character yeah um but yeah i think um the the thing that this movie does um what what this whole franchise does as well is it has it has pretty strong acting in it you know Mm. for the people that are playing these roles play them well and that you know it's not you know it's not the best actor thing in the world but for this level of kind of budget everyone puts in a shift and puts in a good performance and makes what's on screen believable Mm. and kind of um i think that's where these types of movies can really fall apart and i think they've done a brilliant job over the three movies now to kind of bring in you know people that are believable in this fan footage scenario as well that aren't you know they feel like real people um obviously the 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 scar was a little bit odd kind of in this one but it was part of the character yeah but yeah i think they you know done a real good job of that yeah, I definitely think because th- this is a obviously a movie and in a franchise as a whole, which is so mm. independent and so such a small budget. And mm. yeah, if you compare that to all the other like lower budget horror movies that we've seen for the show that are, mm. you know, straight to streaming services, there you know, there isn't even a hint that this is gonna be like a big release or anything like that. I think mm. this is definitely one of my favorites. Um yeah. 
you know, I think consistently throughout the franchise, it's it's hard to kind of separate them in terms of quality. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I will say, actually, I do think this is better than the second one, um, which I, I still like the second one as well. Um, yeah, well, the second one kind of goes quite, like you say... I just remember that ending being awful mm. and it went on for so long. <laughs> yeah, you know, where, like you say, this one doesn't give you as much of that. Um, I did find myself confused towards the ending, though, when it did all kick off. I was like... Mm. So is that person dead? Is that person dead? Like, are they alive? Like, it was difficult to know what the hell was going on because it looked like people were getting wrecked and then the next minute they'd pop up. And, like, that was, you know, but I think that's the inherent thing with these movies because so much is going on and it is fan footage that you just don't get that clean viewing of what's going on. Yeah. And, And it's part of why it's terrifying earlier on. But then if it was, you know, cleaned up later on, it wouldn't be true to the the, the style of this film. Hmm. I'm I'm curious if people that are way more into the story than us, if they would, if they how they would find this ending. Mm-hmm. Is it a satisfying ending? Because I wouldn't, to me anyway, I wouldn't necessarily call it satisfying. I thought it was an interesting ending, and I think mm-hmm. that it was like it tried very hard to kind of be like, "Here's another twist. Here's another twist. Here's another twist." Mm-hmm. Right in the last few minutes, and it, it left me in a place where I was like, "This doesn't feel like the end of a traditional trilogy. This no. feels like you're you you're setting up a lot of stuff for a potential fourth movie." Um, is that, how did you feel about the end? Yeah, no, I felt the same, really. I felt, I felt like they, um, they threw so much in there that I didn't need. Yeah. Um, and it, like I say, maybe that's, we're both on a similar line that we're not really going in it for the story, mm. but when they were just throwing all this stuff to me and, and they're throwing in these characters where I'm like, Oh, do I know who you are? Like, mm. and that sort of thing. And it was kind of like, okay, well, it's fun and enjoyable. Um, uh, but yeah, I feel like they're building a bigger world than, you know, quite often with, with franchises, especially horror, like they tend, people are excited to get to movie three and three feels like a bookend. And then they struggle with part four to like continue it. <laughs> yeah. You know, that, that's kind of been the trope of horror over the years, really. But this really does feel like they're already getting ready for four, which, you mm. know, I'm I'm cool with that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they're they're entertaining enough for what they are, just on a streaming service that you already assume you know watch. Then it's it's a, it's fine to kind of jump in and watch it. Um, but yeah, with, with those characters, especially those character reveals at the end, like I don't think the the franchise as a whole has done a great job of setting up kind of unique and memorable characters. Um, no. Because you see them, and I go, okay, there's there's literally numerous you know 30 year old white actors in this film and i couldn't tell you who any of them are and from which movie they first appeared and when they died because they all look the same (laughs) i struggle to find out the ones just in this movie yeah i was like yeah and it's like are they in other films like i don't know obviously the the flashback kind of footage is um spliced in so well that sometimes Mm. i'm like is that someone that's in this movie and like it's all just it all just kind of blends in but it blends Mm. in in like a fun scary way that i enjoy but um yeah for me i'm not a a, a, um, hell house story themed you know i'm not going to be doing research on the abaddon um i just want it to scare the bejesus out of me which it which it does Oh yeah, it does it so well. I think that is my my biggest takeaway is that going into this movie, I was like, oh, okay, they're doing a third one. Like I liked the second one enough. Like, mm-hmm. will it still scare me? It absolutely did. And I still think there's something about that place. Like already just seeing like the signage outside of it and just the layout of that hotel. Yeah. I think they've well, created I just, something really I just special. I now that like you're going to have the Hell House signage, you know, you're going to have the Insomnia, was this one called, mm. for stuff. And so like the next movie, it's just going to have all this like crap that's all around Abaddon. They're like, Okay, we've got those goddamn clowns to worry about. Like, 
let alone the room of freaky mannequins. It's just, it's just, it's just perfect for like scares. Um, it is brilliant that they I still think, wouldn't like get rid of those clowns that are in the basement. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like they've caused so much mayhem at this point. Like sh- the police should just take them away at this point, for Christ's sake. Yeah, but um, obviously the the director, kind of Stephen Cognetti, has written and directed all three now, hasn't he? Yeah, and that's that's an incredible feat. And like I say, this guy can scare you. Mm. Um, so like I, I definitely would be interested in what he does, even if it's outside of Hell House, because um he's got a genuine gift for writing scares and creating them on screen. Um yeah. in typically a genre, a subgenre in horror that does not scare me and just kind of angers me more often than not. Yeah. Um so yeah, he he's done a great job across all three films. Yeah, I'm surprised. I'll be so surprised if he isn't a dude that someone at least gives a little bit of a budget to. I'm not talking mm-hmm. about something crazy, but just some cash to be like, look, he's made a trilogy of horror movies now, which mm-hmm. are I don't know how well they review or anything like that, but I know that obviously we got recommended the first one, and I do see people talking about these movies, enjoying them, and obviously Shudder likes it as well, mm-hmm. putting it out there. So like, I I think he's done a great job with with very little, and he's created, mm-hmm. like I say, re- to me one of the most iconic locations I've seen in a horror movie of the last decade. You know. I'll, I'll i'll remember hell house in all three of its iterations for yeah. a very long time so I, yeah. I definitely want to see him do other stuff like could you imagine if like they did one of those um halloween nights of the abaddon yeah it'd be awesome i don't know if someone said sent us a message about oh, it. I, I think I it think might have been a thing did, yeah, yeah. I think you might be right now yeah which is yeah it's oh. just because like just i couldn't i couldn't go to that because just seeing that location <laughs> And like you say, there's something about, I remember like the layout of the house in Paranormal Activity mm. so well mm. because of how well they used that space and like the hotel block and the original record. And I and what they've done, those were obviously just one movie and, and kind of obviously they, they, they revisited it in other movies. But um, with this, this is like, this is the star of free movies now. And it's mm-hmm. so terrifyingly done. Mm-hmm. I just think is is really awesome. Like that's my biggest takeaway from this is like character stuff aside and yeah, the endings aren't great. But they're goddamn terrifying, and they've made a real star of this location, which I don't think we've yeah. seen for a very long time. No, definitely um, not. Definitely. There's not many people doing that, is there, in the horror drama that want to create like an iconic location nowadays? Mm. It's more about characters and gore and scares, and it's, it's not definitely, necessarily... you know, it's definitely in my top five horror hotels. When I even think about like the James Wan movies, which were obviously a hell of a lot better, but it's like I can't really remember those houses that well do you know what i mean like no. the layout of the the structure or anything like that what was the one no, we saw uh, the, like, Anna, was it annabelle the recent one that we thought was quite good um yeah but even like you know um conjuring 2 like mm. that house had a fairly distinct layout but the house yeah. didn't have character no um you know but this really does have character um mm. like you say and, and it really does feel iconic when you you know the the you know uh, conjuring 2 we we loved but it was just a hallway and a stairs, a staircase. And actually, we said like the house didn't. I don't know why the house looked so shitty. You know, it didn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. But with this, um, you know, there are so many rooms in there. The second you go into it, you you have memories. You have nostalgia for it. Mm. You know, this franchise is only five years old or four years old. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, how strong to recommend then? Yeah, I would I would highly recommend you watch all three movies mm-hmm. in order. Um, like you say, they're they're all on Shudder now, and I yeah. 
as we've discussed time and time again, this this to me is exactly what Shudder should be. Um, it should be picking up the best of independent horror. Um, they're not going to be getting it chapter two on the service anytime soon, and that's not what Shudder's there for. Um, it's to pick up the best of Fright Fest, like we've said, and yeah. stuff like this, like other you know small American indie movies as well, and to give them the budget because I'm assuming that this movie probably wouldn't have happened without Shudder. Like I'm obviously assuming a lot, but I don't know if, you know, if the second movie you had the the push from Shudder and all that stuff, like it, it feels to me like the second movie was made and Shudder picked it up and then Shudder was more involved in the third one, but I could be talking out my ass. Yeah, exactly. We're just assuming, <laughs> but, in, but in general, we, we, we what we know is we've seen this movie on yeah. Shudder, um, and they are big proponents of it, and I think that's great. Like you say, we've yeah, talked about Creep Show and other stuff, and, and like the, picking up Fright Fest type movies. That's exactly what I want the Shudder yeah. service for. Definitely. I'm not going to go on there and watch like Evil Dead, you know, like I've got no. that on Blu-ray. Um, yeah. I, I want to watch smaller, newer, independent stuff. So yeah, I think it's I think it's great. I think it's like you say, if you have a Shudder subscription yeah. right now and you've watched a lot of stuff on there, you, you must have seen these movies by now otherwise you're watching the wrong stuff definitely definitely and yeah i, I mirror what you said i think you watch all three in order like, you know mm-hmm. they're on there they're all enjoyable this is as enjoyable as the others and um you're gonna have a good time you're gonna get scared yeah definitely for me it would go the first one's still the best then this one then two but like you say they're they're very similar yeah probably. i think i think i'd probably be that way like as well you know the first one was special um mm. and then yeah but they're, they're all very good definitely um but yeah should we take a short break and talk about another shutter film let's do it let's talk about tigers are not afraid you're listening to super horror bros and don't forget i'm not crazy i'm in control <laughs> so yeah obviously we were just speaking about kind of fright fest releases this one was definitely a fright fest gem and one that i don't <clears throat> think would ever been on my personal radar if it weren't for fright fest definitely not um what was it two Shermans at Fright Fest at least? Yep. I think um, yeah. Yeah, ridiculous it was London and Glasgow, weren't it? Yeah, a, a, an insane reception both times. Mm-hmm. Kind of everyone was wowed by it, and then kind of it did the the festival circuit elsewhere, and kind of getting huge buzz in America. Yeah. People like, real uh, festival darling this one. Yeah, hundred percent, and winning all the awards, and kind of it was one of those ones where it felt like the movie came and went, had its reception, and then we already knew about the director's upcoming projects and and stuff like that. And it was like, yeah, but mm. when can people who don't go to festivals see it please yeah, yeah. Um, and and we are people that go to festivals we just didn't get a chance to see it and um yeah this was awesome that shudder kind of was the one that was like okay we're picking it up and and they did finally put it out over the last this was about a month ago now wasn't it when they mm-hmm. put it up i think it was like uh, yeah probably yeah yeah um, so. so yeah we've now seen it so uh what, what is this one we about because have... this is this is a, obviously <sighs> a weird title and if you don't know anything about it other than it's like an indie darling like what is yeah. this film good question what is this about <laughs> um I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, so yeah, this is this kind of is a. It's labelled as a dark fairy tale, mm. and it's about a um, gang. And this, of, I think that is an apt description because you hear that a lot, and I think it's bullshit. Whereas I do think yeah. it actually makes sense. Huh? <clears throat> yeah, definitely. And this movie is kind of set in the heart of Mexico and kind of deep in kind of uh, heavily kind of. Um, poverty driven kind of um neighborhoods and kind of people that are really struggling to survive and basically this group of um kids very young kids have all been orphaned because of gang wars and losing their parents because of um human trafficking and just drug wars and just you know horrible things and these children are left to fend for themselves um and they end up 
um, trying to survive kind of this horrible world um, by kind of clubbing together and kind of the, the lead kind of girl who joins the, the, the gang has got this kind of um, the, the school teacher kind of uh, very early on they're in the classroom and there's a shoot in and all the children kind of are in this routine of hiding under the tables and it's just a very difficult watch to kind of mm. see and um, the teacher hands her these kind of three slips of paper and is like you've got three wishes like be be brave and like trying to help her through this and then kind of the the rest of the movie is her kind of using those wishes and kind of what happens and kind of um you know i think very early on it's kind of you know she's seeing things that are out of this world and we're we're trying to piece together how much of that is kind of reality what mm-hmm. is this kind of these young children that are you know they are very young kind of what what is their imagination what are they kind of hiding behind this kind of facade because of mm. the world they're in and it's um they're playing with that for the whole just, movie as well aren't they yeah exactly and it's just a deep dive into that really and and then ultimately their struggle for survival they you know they're um they get caught up with this gang that is after them um and um that that is ultimately the movie them just trying to survive and get away from this horrible gang yeah um it, it, it was a fascinating watch. Like I can see why it was such an indie darling and, and kind of festival darling. Um, I think like I enjoyed this movie massively as a movie. Um, not, I, I don't, I didn't really see it as a, as a horror movie. I, I saw it as this kind of just study of a world that I would never, you know, I've never thankfully, you know, been in and have to witness and just see that struggle. It's a difficult watch. You know, mm. we spoke about Joker last week. I found this very difficult. And, um, you know, for that reason, completely fascinating. Um, I do think that the, you know, uh, it's difficult, really, because I was going to say it's horror light, but then it, some of the things that happened in it were, like, truly horrific. You I mean, know, it's, to, it's just a me, weird one, isn't it? That's pretty much why it's classed as a horror movie. And mm. I, always, I always think that's a weird element to this genre is... Mm. If you just made a drama that's just a drama, it's a drama. If you made a drama that has a serial killer in it that murders people, suddenly that's a horror movie. And I always yeah. thought that was a weird distinction um, because I do think that's the case, the case here where this is a very drama-driven movie, but because it shows violence and it has children in it, um, mm. and so to kind of to put those two and two together, but not to get too spoilery, but it does have violence against children, I think mm. that people are immediately going to go, well, that's a horror movie. It has violence against children equals horror movie. Yeah. And I don't think it's as simple as that. No. Um, but, uh, yeah, getting into the actual movie, I, I thought that um, <clears throat> I wasn't expecting not to like this because of the reception, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I think the, uh, we have a category called best surprise for the yeah. end of the year, and I feel like this movie is the opposite of best surprise yeah. because this would have been a surprise if it sucked. <laughs> yeah, because like you've heard everyone seen it at festivals, loads of different audiences, you know, horror audiences and non-horror mm. audiences all loved it. Great people that I respect, like Del Toro, bigging it up. So I'm like, there's no way this movie's going to be bad because they're not all going to be wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, yeah, the movie's absolutely not bad. But what I wondered was, would I still enjoy it? Because I think that there's a lot of movies that I can respect from a distance and they're mm-hmm. like a painful watch and this and that. But like like I said both time and time again on the show, a vast majority of the times I sit down to watch a movie is for entertainment. Um, mm-hmm. And so I wondered if I would still get that. And I actually did. I found this to be a very entertaining, even though it was still very difficult to watch. Um, 
I yeah. agree with most of what you said, really. Like, it's it's beautifully shot and um, mm-hmm. very well acted for such an extremely young cast. Yeah, incredibly um, I, well. I really enjoyed the fantastical elements because I thought it gave it a different vibe to just, mm-hmm. you know, has this brutal real world situation and i feel like that would have got a bit too heavy if it was just like homeless children on the run from a drug gang like that would have been yeah. very difficult to well, watch and it's just like I, uncomfortable I enjoyed the fact that it's kind of the innocence of childhood in there that they mm. are still seeing these things and getting wonders out of the world even though they're just in this you know awful place with awful yeah. things going on they are still creating and having fun you know there's a beautiful scene when they find uh some footballs and yeah. it's like they've won the lottery mm-hmm. and it, it that was a beautiful moment. And, you know, it's, it's things like that, that I was taking away from this movie. And, you know, the more and more, as I was taking those moments away, I was like, I'm not, this is, this in my mind, I'm not treating this as a horror movie, you mm-hmm. know, in my viewing, this is, this is this, you know, I, I would not have seen this movie otherwise, you know, if it didn't have this buzz, if, you know, this weird title and this, you know, the fact that it's, you know, um you know difficult to watch and difficult to get hold of like i just don't i wouldn't have ever seen it and i'm glad i did mm. um but but yeah you know it's those moments that i took away from it but yeah like overall i i still found this movie to be incredibly entertaining but also super emotional um kind of that the early scenes in particular with like what you discussed with the shooting bit um i was really expecting that to be like a big part of the movie and even mm-hmm. though it was only like a small setup which got us this kind of it, it was the one that kind of introduced the, the main fantastical element um mm-hmm. but i was i don't know why i just had a horrible feeling once i kind of knew the reception this movie was getting and stuff and the world that we're living in in 2019 i kind of assumed that this movie would be more about that like living in schools and that unsafeness in schools mm-hmm. um because i think that's an incredibly interesting topic for a movie discuss yeah, especially definitely. a horror movie and i, I think it's really underutilized so far and it's something that is such a huge topic nowadays that i'm curious if that would have been more of the focus but that isn't what the movie is it's just one scene which is very impactful um and yeah i, I enjoyed this quite a bit i was surprised mm. you know this isn't not something that i would usually seek out um mm. yeah it's not the most horror you know it's a it's always an interesting discussion i mean it's enough of a horror movie definitely to talk about it um mm-hmm. but i do think people are using it as an excuse here i think usually you see the opposite where yeah people don't want to call horror movies horror movies like a jordan peele movie when they absolutely are whereas something like this i feel like is more like no this is just like a really well-made drama that happens to have violence in it and therefore it's horror like you say they're trying to sell it that way they're getting like names like del toro and stuff to get eyeballs on it um Mm. which is which is fair because it deserves to have eyeballs on it um you know but but yeah yeah i definitely agree that this movie was was super enjoyable it's hard to put our recommendations for it because it yeah. is a very difficult watch. You mm. know, like, like you said, the, the, these young children are going through terrible things and, um, you know, the violence in there and everything else. It was, it was a struggle. And, um, you know, I think you need to be prepared for that going in. Yeah. Um, if you want a movie that's going to challenge you and yeah. could make you feel uncomfortable, but you might learn a, l- a little bit about the world from mm. it. I think this is definitely one to watch. Um, yeah. It really made me appreciate, you know, that there's, you know, this, this poverty out there and it's something that you don't, you know, you, you're not getting in films and, mm. and, uh, you know, I'm not thankfully getting in my everyday life as well. You know, I'm blessed in that way. And actually to see something and get thrown into this world. And it, and, and that's the thing, the world did feel super genuine you know, it didn't mm. feel like a set. It didn't feel like a very small thing. You know, the kids are traveling across rooftops in parts of this movie. And, you know, it felt like they were in a big 
horrible rundown you know city you know the there were lots of derelict buildings you know at one mm. point they take refuge in an apartment block and it didn't feel like they were just in one room it felt like they they were in a, in a massive abandoned apartment block you know and yeah, this movie what, was shot on location in mexico i was gonna say so, to what you said like mm. i don't it doesn't feel like a set because it's not it's mm. this is the reality of these favelas mm. in south america and mm. so yeah like it's it is a crazy because there are parts of this where yeah if you take the actual story element of it you can almost use this like a documentary It'd be like yeah mm. well this is actually what this place is like um and i agree with you that this at no point did it ever feel like oh come on the, the, there aren't just kids that are running around you know on their own without their parents to, to mm. save themselves it's like no no this is a reality mm. um and it's it is uncomfortable to think about it's, it's uncomfortable to think about let alone sit down and want to watch Correct. a movie about yeah. it or even want to make a movie about it so yeah i i respect them so much for actually doing it they're bringing mm. a serious topic to discussion but also doing it in a really entertaining way and they actually made a great movie mm-hmm. you know we talk about that a lot the whole message yeah. versus movie thing and sometimes yeah. you have a good message and you make a terrible movie well that's absolutely not what happened here you know there's an important message to be talking about here but they actually made a really great i think movie and i think she's an incredibly talented director um i know that del toro was kind of like producing like her next movie as well so like i'm I'm very interested to see what she comes up with definitely definitely um but yeah i I guess we kind of did recommendations didn't we like it's a difficult one (laughs) yeah Um, like be prepared but um you know i think it's worth a watch yeah, definitely. Like if you're if you're here just for the horror, maybe this isn't for you. But if you do like a, a, any different type of movie that you mm-hmm. that wants to be challenging you, then yeah, this is one for sure. And like what we just said, it's on Shudder. You know, this is don't don't think you're going to watch a double bill of the two movies that we've uh, watched this week and <laughs> think that they're going to be remotely similar because they're mm-hmm. not. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but, and yeah. This, but this is the joys of indie filmmaking and, and mm. indie horror movies. That, you know, when we and and that's what Shudder's doing a really good, um, you know feeling of that that you you almost feel like it is a fright fest lineup and you've got this scale of kind of you know you've just got creature features you've got the gore you've got movies like this you know um and it's really doing a good job of collating that sort of list and that's what we really said you know like last year it got somewhere of 84 quite quickly didn't it Mm. and you know i think it's those type of movies that needs to keep and get on there and and it's definitely doing the right thing right now yeah, like if if I was Shudder, obviously it's a mm. crazy thing to say, but I would have an absolutely a representative at every kind of festival there is. Yeah. Because like you say, that is where you can pick up stuff that is already made, mm. is of a certain quality, and hopefully you can just pick up the distributing yeah. rights. That's, that's exactly what but, you want. And, and that's, that's what it feels like. You know, this this year, you know, the second Fright Fest was over, Shudder were announcing stuff that were at yeah. Fright Fest. So I feel like the representatives were there. They're doing that work. Like we know that Arrow are clearly doing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's awesome. Yeah, that's a good point, actually, because, yeah, there are still movies later on this month, aren't they, that we can't wait to cover that were at Fright Fest, which are coming to Shudder. Um, So, yeah, that's fantastic. Um, But, yeah, that was our discussion of Tigers Are Not Afraid. Uh, We'll take a short break and we'll be right back. So yeah, just to sort of end us off this week, to end the trifecta of Shudder content this week, <laughs> um, we have continued to watch Creepshow. Um, we have indeed. Obviously, we talked about the premiere a while ago now. It feels like yeah. a very long time ago because we 
talked about it before it came out so that was like about what a month ago or something yeah um but yeah it's, it's ongoing there's only six episodes and we've seen uh, episode two and three and it's a shame we're halfway through now mm. already which is yeah. crazy um episode I think, two i think three is now out in the wild for everyone isn't it yes it is um yeah. so yeah i mean do, do we want to go through like story by story just like episode just overall i think, I think like a, i think like a little little bit on each episode um just just I'll, I'll give it a quick synopsis and then just a quick thumbs up thumbs down really yeah, so episode um, two, obviously two stories again. Yeah, so episode two, we've got um, Bad Wolf Dan, mm. which is a group of kind of American soldiers that are trapped behind enemy lines during World War Two, mm. and they come across an abandoned looking police station and find a woman locked inside a prison cell, and it's really a case of um, did someone lock her in there or why is she in there? Why has she been left alone? And like mm. the, 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 and uh, while still being hunted by the, it is the Nazis that hunted them, right? Yeah. 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 It's, yeah, it's yeah. just classic like world war yeah, two. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and yeah, for me, you know, it was, it was straight to the point as my definition, um, which all these episodes seem to be, which is great. Yeah. It just chucks you in. It gets they have to going. be, don't they, for how short Exactly, they are. yeah. And this was real fun little little um, little episode. You know, it gave me the payoff that I 100% wanted. Mm. And uh, it was super fun. And when the episode finished, I had a smile on my face. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, this wasn't my favorite of the episode, of the, of the stories, but I mm. think that it, it did exactly what it wanted to do. There was enough little intrigue and mystery surrounding the kind of the character like you discussed and then once it gets to the the reveals and the action like it, it looks great for the budget again um mm-hmm. and it has some really cool like practical effects um and if, and you get a great little cameo from one jeffrey coombs which is always awesome yeah, um, so uh yeah it was fun it was it was a cool yeah. it was a cool little story for sure um Definitely. but the, the, the second one is oh, <laughs> the finger. yeah the finger. so this was um <laughs> Uh, directed wasn't it by Greg Nicotero? Yes. Um, which obviously he is the kind of series lead, isn't he? Yeah. Um, Executive producer. Yeah, and um, yeah, this is basically a man that's kind of down on his luck and living on his own. Discovers a severed finger <laughs> uh, in the street and decides to bring it home and look after it and nurture it and uh, see what happens if you take a finger home and nurture it and treat it well. Mm. <laughs> that's how this, you synopsize that episode th- this story was everything i've loved about creep show so far yep. which is like i and it's weird because it, it. it wasn't necessarily what i would have wanted going in or i don't really know but I, i'm already loving the the more comedy focused segments um mm. i think they are working really well and as we discussed you know just a, a few mere days ago how like the whole comedy horror thing it's weird it's not necessarily our cup of tea we're not the biggest no, but when comedy it works, horror fans it with us yeah, and I just think tonally, I think it works well with Creepshow because the the whole thing is is a oh, level it's campy, of tongue. You know, yeah, it's, yeah. It's campy. It's tongue in cheek. They know that they haven't got a budget, but they know that they're trying to make it like what it was like back in the in the eighties. And I think that works well comedy wise um, because if you're trying to make a really serious like story that's twenty minutes long, that's that's going to be very hard to pull mm-hmm. off. Mm-hmm. Let alone if you if you have the budget. You know, I don't. Um, I don't uh, think that it's necessarily the people involved aren't talented enough because they absolutely are. But I think it's just uh, that is such a hard thing to do. You've got, you've got 20 minutes with no budget. Like you've, yeah. you've got you've got to be clever with it. And that's what they're doing in each episode. 
Yeah, so I've really enjoyed the ones that are the more comedy focused, and this one in particular I thought was hilarious. I don't know if you can pull up the guy's name, the the main actor, um, uh, yeah. but he was incredible. He was exactly yeah. what I wanted. It is for people that don't know, it's very tongue in cheek. He's talking to you. The, yeah, he's the, breaking the fourth the, wall the entire time. Yeah, like he's he's looking at you and he's saying like, and he's basically recounting the story, so he's kind of telling mm-hmm. it in past tense as well. And it's got yeah. that great sort of unreliable na- narrator vibe to it, where you're like, is everything he's saying actually what happened, or is he making shit up? Um, yeah, and they do really clever things, like he'll pause a scene that he's in, and it's yeah. like, yeah, this went on for a while, let's move yeah. on, and stuff like that. And it was just really fun and just really mm. well made, and um, you know, I got to the end of episode two, and I was just like you guys are smashing it. You're four for four right now in the way of segments. You know, yeah. I enjoyed every single one going in. And so now I'm going into episode two and I'm comfortable, uh, episode three and I'm, I'm just feeling comfortable because I'm yeah. like, you got this, you guys have got this. Yeah. Um, for sure. Do we start with all Hallows Eve? Yes. That's what's next, isn't it? So, um, I'm going to put just, up this guy's name while you talk about it. Yeah. So you just touched upon, um, obviously trying to tell a serious story in 20 minutes. Well, I just, I just um, found out something really crazy as well. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. To I was looking up cause I was like, I know he was in road trip. Let's look up road trip. Yeah. Oh, it's directed by Todd Phillips. who just directed Joker. <laughs> okay. Small world. Weird, <laughs> weird, weird parallels. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, yeah. All Hallows Eve. DJ Quails. Is, can you stop? Can you stop? That's his, that's his name. We had, we had to add what his name was because he was he was exceptional. Fair play, fair play. Um, so All Hallows Eve. Um, obviously, yeah. I feel like this one does tell a more cohesive story and does did make me feel like you know feelings throughout. Um, and it's centered around a group of um, how old are they? Um, how many are there? Four, five, five no children. Idea. I think, and basically, we we meet up with them, and they're getting ready to go trick or treating. And the dialogue is super interesting because they keep talking about they they talk like they're older than what they are, and they're kind of talking about how many times they've done this, and they're getting too old for this, and this is the last time they're going to be doing it. And I was instantly I instantly picked up on it and was intrigued about where they were going with this. And then, kind of, as they start trick or treating, um, it it's very apparent that they are much more sinister than what they appear. Everyone is terrified of them and we start to unpack why and get, get a story with as to what, what the hell's going on with these children and why is everyone scared of them? Um, and yeah, I, I, again, like was thoroughly entertained this one. Like I say, I thought it gave me a really cohesive story, a start, a middle and an end. And was was you know for a little twenty minute segment it 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 was impactful and I think it worked and and yeah I enjoyed this one yeah I thought it was cool it it wasn't mm. one of my favorites and and like I said I think the ones that are the more comedy focused are the ones I enjoy more but it, it was cool like you say it was definitely I picked up on like it it reminded me of like season one American Horror Story vibes very early mm. on mm-hmm. of this kind of night trick or treat and I was like oh, I wonder if it is going to be kind of like that and it kind of was in the end which was cool um but uh yeah it it was it was fun like it was a short segment there wasn't too much to the going on kind of plot wise but I thought mm-hmm. it was it was fun seeing one set during Halloween I'm curious if any more are. i don't know if there has been any other ones i don't think so yeah i'm not sure um not not yet but, uh, but yeah maybe yeah because like yeah i think yeah the finale does air on halloween so mm. I, it's interesting choice I, I almost been like maybe they have two more segments that they're thinking about but otherwise why would this not have been in the finale <laughs> yeah i know i know but but yeah I, I thought it was really enjoyable and like i say i just kind of i just 
find myself now at ease thinking like these these guys know what they're doing mm. and um yeah so going into the second part of episode three the man in the suitcase um you know back back to the more comedy style of things um where basically a college student um is waiting for his bag at the airport and when he picks it eventually arrives from the baggage claim and um he takes it home to find that he's got the wrong bag and he has um i, I like this definition that i read on uh, wikipedia to find a pretzeled man in, trapped <laughs> inside his suitcase. <laughs> and so, yeah, there's this kind of that man good. that's completely, you know, he's not only inside the suitcase, he is like a twisted mess of limbs and, you know, inside the suitcase. And um, the man has a strange condition that, that turns out that when he is in pain, he uh, vomits gold coins. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Uh, so what good. more do you need? Like, the, go watch it now. Mm. um and yeah it, it, it was it was just hilarious it was really enjoyable the second they set that up you know where this episode is going but you want to see the journey and the journey yeah. is more enjoyable than i thought that it could have pulled off to be honest with you um you know they set up that simple premise and i was like okay this could be fun and it ended up being really fun and uh yeah i had a great time and yeah, this... real felt fun tongue-in-cheek this was the most like creep show ass setup possible, and I think mm-hmm. this is exactly what I want my synopsis to be of just these like silly premise. You know, you got twenty man. minutes, yeah, just go with it, and it's like all the possibilities you can get from that. And yeah, I, I thought this this was hilarious, brilliant. Um, I thought the actual effect was awesome of him in yeah. the suitcase. Yeah, kind of like I kept looking at it, going like, because usually you can kind of figure it out where it's like, okay, you know, the head's like in a slot or whatever, but it, it mm. genuinely looked awesome. I, I thought it was I think so he gets so well done. Someone. Yeah, I think actually, I think he's just a crazy contortionist. Um, but yeah, th- this was awesome. This is exactly what I want from the show, and, mm-hmm. and I do. I think putting the comedy one second is the better thing to do, which yeah. they've done in the last two episodes. Um, as you kind of you get that more relief in the second one, and kind of yeah, to let go a bit more. Yeah, definitely. Um, kind of episode one with the dollhouse. You know, the, it ending on an episode like that. You know, like episode two and episode three. I left the episode just chuckling away like going yeah. to that creep show you know Definitely. and it's exactly what i want to do um yeah I, I so kind of halfway through the season like for me i'm, I'm blown away by it um <laughs> i think the only my only criticism is the actual um for, first of all not a criticism the the comic kind of style of kind of transitioning from episode to ep- uh part, you know the segment to segment within the episode and that side of things i love so much it's done so well and you know it always fades out to a comic book and fades into a comic book and i i love that the thing for me that i'm not a fan of is the creep himself Mm. um it it feels really cheap and it's weird that he doesn't talk you know i know this isn't tales from the crypt even though i do get confused quite a bit um (laughs) But, you know, that character that where he's talking away, we get the comic strips with the creep talking and introducing the episode. But as of yet, we've not had him actually do that. And he's just kind of like giggling. There's a bit weird. And I could really just do without him. I, I could just do with the comic book side of it and then transition into the episodes. But it's such mm. a minor criticism because the meat of it, it are the episodes, which is what you want. And they're smashing it. Yeah, my, my only thing is it kind of lacks a bit of um, sticking out those things because, like you say, you, you see the creep, he doesn't talk, and there's a real lack of distinct music as well in mm. those opening scenes. So that's the only thing where they do they start a little bit flat, and then once mm. the segments get going, they're great. But I wanted the, I want to be like, hell yeah, I'm sitting down to watch Creep Show, and, mm. and either via the music or via 
you know, some sort of voiceover telling me like, welcome to yeah. creep show. Um, so yeah, I do think it, it starts flat, but it always gets going eventually. Definitely. Um, but yeah, I, I've really enjoyed the show so far. I do think it's better than I, I kind of assumed mm. it would be. And I think that none of the segments have been bad, which is the best thing. No, exactly. You know, because we talk about anthologies a lot and kind of like even a lot of the good ones where it's like, oh, yeah, this one was like, you know, we discussed ones, even ones that we don't like earlier this year where there's Mm. moments that are just painful to get through. They're slow. Um, And if you had like a bad segment, you only ever get you get one other segment. And so that would really, you know, if it started off with a bad segment, I'd already be kind of like in a bad mood going into the second Mm. one. And that's not happened at all so far. Um, No, I'd say that, you know, everyone was good and, you know, probably four plus are great. Yeah. So they're they're just completely smashing it, and I think we we have attached to different episodes as well, which is cool. And like you know, there's just enjoyment out of all of it. Yeah, I'm pumped for the rest of the season. Yeah, man. Um, Yeah, man. Can they can they clean clean sweep it? Yeah, be interesting. Six right now. Can they go twelve for twelve? Yeah, we we shall see. We'll have to definitely like rate like our favorite ones at the end of it. Mm. Interesting. Um, yeah. <laughs> It'll be less demoralizing than the Twilight Zone. I know that. Much. Hell yeah! Did we even bother <laughs> doing that? I think we gave up after episode three. I think we were like, I think this one was okay. I can't remember. <laughs> like maybe episode one was all right. Oh god! I mean, it's shows... so far removed at this point. Then you know, let's not talk about bad stuff. We have got good stuff right now. Yeah, that we show's got creep show. Yes, we have. We have and many American more to come. Horror Story. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that in the coming weeks. We um, will. We already talked we about will. episode one, which yeah, I'm pumped to see more of that. And yeah, I think the purge starts next week. Maybe yeah. don't quote me on that. Um, and at I've least got a little month. thing that I'm going to be watching as well. I was going to say you're going to be you're going to be watching that because it seems like no one else is. Well, you know, someone's got to right. Their lowest ratings ever for a season premiere. Wow, <laughs> including like lower than season one, which is crazy. Um, wow. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, I just feel like now the show is so close to being done that I might as well just stick it out. They've already renewed it for season 11. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> so you've got at least two full seasons to enjoy. Okay. But uh, yeah, that was episode 165, a little Shudder special where we talked about the two movies and the TV show. Uh, hopefully you guys mm-hmm. enjoyed that. Uh, thanks for listening as always, and we'll see you again very soon. See you later, everyone. Shut up, I can't Mainly because I never could How could I start that?